Hey y'all, welcome to Couture Conversations Podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Steele. Woo! Hello and welcome back to Couture Conversations podcast. I am very excited about today's episode because I have an incredible fellow female founder, of course, joining with me today. Her name is Alexa and she is the founder of Lexa Swim. The reason why I love this company so much is because it is a sustainable fashion company. And in today's world, Having a sustainable company, in my opinion, is essential. Another really awesome part of this is it's made in Los Angeles. And this swimwear is just so beautifully constructed. The fabrics are sourced from Brazil. And Alexa herself is from the Los Angeles area. And I'm really pumped to get into discussing all the inside details of her company with her, because as we all know, it is challenging to start a company and all the lessons that we learn with starting a company. And Alexa brings such a unique take on everything. She is an artist and designer, a fellow creative like myself, and I'm excited to dig right in. So Alexa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here and to be a part of this conversation. Awesome. Well, we're just going to jump right into it. So your swimwear, one of the things that attracted me to it initially was actually your advertising for it. <laughs> I absolutely love the fact that you were using female models that weren't the quintessential, you know, swimwear model. And what I mean by that is perfect sizing, right? We all have curves and bumps and different body types. And I love the fact that you photographed the women the way that they are in real life and not with Photoshop and creating false expectations. So walk us through, you know, why did you start this swimwear line and what was your motivation behind getting this company going back in 2020? Well, I've always been obsessed with swimwear and surf culture. Um, and I was really lucky growing up. My family loved to go to Hawaii and I love to see different kinds of bikinis and bathing suits, but I always struggle to find pieces that comfortably fit my body. I'm like five foot 10. I am a not petite human. Um, and I have always really struggled, especially with bathing suit tops. Um, I found that when you size up in a lot of major brands, they often get wider, but they don't always cover what they need to cover. And so I thought if I'm having this problem, other women must be having this problem too. So I sort of set out to create um, swimwear that reached more bodies. I really wanted to make sure that the size grade like really considered those larger sizes while still accommodating smaller sizes, like an extra small or an extra large still covers what it needs to cover. Um, I always had a really hard time, you know, finding something that was trendy and fun, but also not super constricting, you know, like I don't always want to wear something uncomfortable with underwire. 
And I really like the um, authentic style of, you know, kind of the all natural aesthetic. And so my hope was that we could size grade in a different way to accommodate more bodies. I love that so much. It's, I think it's such a similar experience for most women. Whenever we know that we're going to be at the beach in a bikini or any type of bathing suit, there is this level of an anxiety spike that goes up where you're like, oh no, (laughs) what am I going to wear? I can't find a bathing suit that really works. Oh, this, you know, the way that this bathing suit ties makes me look like I have back fat. Newsflash, everyone has it. And (laughs) it's, it's, you know, these little things that we nitpick at ourselves because we feel so exposed and it's such a intimate time to be kind to ourselves and kind to our bodies uh, as women. And And I think brands like yours that are not only sustainable, but also providing a solution for women to feel more comfortable in their bodies with offering swim attire that covers enough, but it's still sexy. You know, you still feel, I mean, your swim line is like still like a beautiful, sexy swim line. And it's so interesting to me, like the word sexy has such a, um, has a connotation to it with being like revealing, but I would almost, you know, wager to say when a woman is curvy, it's important to accentuate and, you know, have the right amount of fabric to cover, but also still make her feel sexy because we want to feel that way when we're in a bathing suit, because we're, we're revealing our body to, to whoever is around us at the pool or ocean. And, and so it's interesting because I love the thought process of, and the reason why, and it's always fun for me to find out the reasoning behind why founders begin their companies to begin with. And yours is you are speaking from your own personal experience. And I can't tell you the amount of times where brilliant brands have been created and executed with that very reasoning and why they're so successful. So I know your brand is going to take off like crazy. <laughs> so I hope so. <laughs> so so tell me this, you know, when you first got started, which is, you know, relatively um, you know, 2020 wasn't that long ago. I feel like I, was, I feel like I was yesterday really. But now we're in 2023. Whoa. <laughs> I know, isn't that crazy? Like, whoa. So yeah. tell us a little bit about, you know, your journey of starting a company because when anybody starts a company, <laughs> it's a roller coaster ride. Am I right? Like it is a absolute roller coaster. And I would love for people to learn, you know, what made you break out of that shell of fear of failure of a company? Cause that's definitely one of the biggest things and launch it anyways and do it anyways and say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this differently because I'm going to do it better. What was your aha moment, I guess? (laughs) Well, um, I always dreamed of having my own brand. I always wanted to have my own swimwear brand, but for many years, I felt like I couldn't, like, I felt like I didn't know where to start or what to do. And I actually talked to people in the industry and they were actually quite discouraging, you know, 
like as women, I feel like we should support each other, but I would talk to other women in the industry that had been in the industry for a long time. And they would say, "Mm, I don't think you should do that. That sounds like a risk. Just go work for someone else. But I had actually back surgery in 2020 and I had some complications and I was on bed rest for about six months while I was recovering. And I, I was, I spent like day in and day out lying there, like kind of reevaluating my life. And I, I was working a freelance job at the time. And I, I thought, you know, this isn't what I'm meant to be doing. I feel like it's now or never like, you know, I had that, I totally had that aha moment where I was like, I feel like I need to go for it. Otherwise I'm going to regret not giving it the effort. Um, And it's really strange to say, but like everything in my brain, like clicked into place. Like before when I didn't feel like I knew what I was doing, um, all of a sudden I knew, okay, I need to find a manufacturer. I need to find fabric. I need to find this person or that person to like help facilitate this. I, you know, went online, I chose a name. I, I pulled the trigger on a URL. I opened a business account. I think that like one thing that, um, people always tell you to do is to, you know, write a business plan. And that, that little thing scared me so much that I waited years. <laughs> you know, my, my, my husband is actually like, um, he's a very business oriented person. And so he'd be like, okay, like, like come up with a business plan. And I'd be like, I don't know what that means. I'm a creative person. Like, so when I stopped, you know, like when I stopped analyzing and just started doing and started like moving forward, I feel like everything in my mind kind of clicked into place a little bit, you know, um, I feel like it was that like, you know, spine surgery recovery that really like set me on my way. Like I was like, I'm not getting any younger. You know, I, I have this like chronic back issue, um, that I'm probably going to live with, with for the rest of my life. And I feel like I just want to live my life. Like, I just want to do the things I want to do. And like, I pulled the trigger and I did it. <laughs> It's so interesting because it's like what you said is so unbelievably and undeniably true. You have to be motivated just enough to actually execute. And it's a topic that we haven't really dove into too much in on the podcast, but it's absolutely a conversation that needs to happen is you can have this idea for years, like you said you had. You can have this motivation. You know you want to have your own brand. You want to do your own thing. But there comes a time where we have to ask ourselves, am I motivated enough to actually execute this? And when you said everything fell in line, everything kind of came together, you reached a point and please correct me if, if, I'm, if I'm wrong here, but you became motivated enough to execute on it. And you took something that was a negative in your life, you know, having back trouble and you are so young. So it not, we're the same age. <laughs> you and I. So I'm calling myself really young too. We're just going to manifest that young energy. Okay. And <laughs> when we're young, you know, 
to have something like that happen and throw a wrench in our lives, you know, we could easily make excuses. Well, I can't do that because of my back. Oh, I can't do that because of my back. And you flip the script and you're like, actually, I'm doing this because I want to live every day to the best, to my happiest and most fulfilled. And the way that I can do this is following through on the dream that I've had. And so I think that's even the title of this episode, Motivated to <laughs> Execute. And it's, <laughs> and it's just one of those things where as founders, and specifically I can speak to female founders, where when a woman is motivated to do something, there's nothing stopping her. Like give a woman a challenge and a problem to solve we are professional fixers. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like tell me I can't do something and then watch me. <laughs> yes. Tell me I can't do something and watch me execute on this. So I can imagine as you were developing Lexus Swim, you may have come across a couple of lessons here and there. And so I always like to share with the with my listeners, kind of the raw details of, you know, behind the scenes, because all we see is a beautiful, gorgeous, finished product that is ready to be sold. And one of the things that I love about um, getting an opportunity to talk to fellow founders is that there are so many details (laughs) and things that go into creating this gorgeous product. And so as you were creating this gorgeous product, if you were to kind of think of one or maybe two things that you felt were such lessons learned with starting a new company. What do you think those, what do you think those things are? Hmm. That's tough because I feel like we're still learning so much, you know, every day. Um, I wanted to have product and get it up and running. And so I feel like my biggest challenges right now are are in getting the word out there and kind mm-hmm. of getting in front of an audience that I wouldn't normally reach. Um, and so when I launched my first collection, I was like really adamant, like, you know, like I wanted to have a full collection and it's still a really small collection, you know, by like today's standards, yeah. but I wanted to have, um, you know, I have seven pieces in my first collection. They come in two color ways. We have like three tops, three bottoms and a one piece. And um, I went ahead and I produced all of it and I had to meet all of the minimums. And that was probably a risk that I wouldn't say that it's not that I should have take, shouldn't have taken it, but mm-hmm. um, that was a big risk because it was a big expense for a small brand like us. And now I'm having trouble, you know, getting it in front of an audience and moving the product. So I would say that like the second time around, I will more likely, you know, err on the side of caution and I'll talk to retailers and stores maybe prior to producing. But I still think that like, you know, we're learning as we go and there's no, there's no negatives here. It's all learning experience. Like in swimwear, there is like very specific timing. Like right now it's a new year and it's spring. And so people are releasing their resort collections. Yeah. And my timing is, you know, we're in California, Lexa swim. So we can afford to be a little bit, you know, looser with when we release new styles because it's sunny year round in California, of course. 
<laughs> but learning when the stores are buying and when people are shopping for swim, mm-hmm. I feel like we're learning as we go. I'm not sure if that answered your question. <laughs> no, no, it totally answered my question. And I think it's another great point is learning as you go. The first five years in anyone's business, we're learning as we're going. There's really no, there's really nothing set in stone. When we look at larger companies, um, you know, that have these massive brands, they've been around for years, years and years and years. And it's something that we forget because we're holding ourselves to a high standard, but they once also began in the same volume that we're beginning in as well. So it's understanding that it takes a little bit of time and patience and these lessons that we have to go through that are, you know, necessary for us to make our businesses the most successful that we can. And yeah, I remember, oh my God, I made some serious investments into things within my company in the beginning stages where I was, I said to myself after, whoa, I feel like I just flushed that money down the toilet. That was not a great move. But the unfortunate piece of this and something that scares a lot of people away from becoming a founder is because the risk reward and you have to take risks. So you taking a risk on, you know, doing the orders ahead of time was a risk. And that's something that you have learned from and are going to continue to become better with becoming more knowledgeable moving forward. The thing with like lessons is that it has to happen in order for us to learn it. And there's no blueprint. There's literally no blueprint to what we do whatsoever. Yeah. Sorry, I, say <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. I, I feel like I have to remind myself that it doesn't happen overnight. I look at some of these major brands um, in fashion that are really big, at least in, in California right now. And they're celebrating their like 10, 12 year anniversaries. And so I do have to like slow down and remind myself it doesn't happen overnight. And it's a, all a process, you know, you may not, it, it just takes time. You may not have instant success. You may not go viral right away, but you just have to continue. And I think that was like one of my takeaways that I, I recently went to like, um, like a trade show for swimwear. And one of the takeaways was that the retailers want to see you a few times before they commit to working with you because they want to believe that you're going to stick around, that you're in it for the long run, that you're not like a one and done season. And so it's all been really interesting. And I feel like good things are happening. Like, I feel like like we're moving in the right direction, you know, we're taking strides to meet people. We're taking feedback and criticism and like learning how we can improve our products going forward. You know, we get a lot of really positive feedback on our fit. And like, I think that we pay great attention to fit at Lexa Swim, but, you know, we still want to reach more bodies comfortably, like more like larger chests, or if people feel like they want more coverage, you know, it's, it's been really interesting so far. And I, I'm really enjoying the process, but I also really like the creative process. I understand completely. (laughs) I, it's interesting because being part, um, when you're in California, uh, one of my closest girlfriends there, she is an avid, avid surfer and surfs 
every single day, um, if the weather permits and in sunny California, weather permits quite often. So, (laughs) um, minus the ice cold waters, but there are wetsuits for that. But it's Mm -hmm. interesting because when you get into warmer climates, like Hawaii, where the water is a little warmer, when you're surfing or something like that, you want a little bit more coverage. And so it's also taking into consideration your audience. And I think you're doing a great job with that. I don't know if I ever told you this, um, but I started my career in the fashion buying offices. And so we we would do purchase orders in advance, like six months in advance for vendors and loved building relationships. But I also understand where they're pushing back on you because they want to make sure you are going to be around because they want to make sure that their purchase orders are going to be fulfilled. And so being consistent with that is going to be incredible for you. I think that building those relationships is essential to your business. So you can continue down the creative aspect of things and innovate more and get different cuts and different fabrics and so on and so forth. I think that that's really exciting. So I I know that we're like inching up <laughs> on time together. I could talk to you forever, Alexa, because you're just so fun to chat with. You're like the literal sweetest person. <laughs> I I'm so I'm so excited for your brand. And um, you know, not only are you going into a market where there are tons of other swim lines, but you decided to go on the sustainable route. So I w- would love to give you an opportunity to just kind of like chat a little bit about why you decided to choose to go down the sustainable um, swimwear line? Because it's not something that's super common. And I don't think people understand how difficult it is to actually create a sustainable swimwear line. So walk me through what your vision was there and, you know, why you chose this, you know, admirable path. Um, It was really important to me to, if we're going to create something and bring something into the world that we don't do any damage or we don't leave anything in our wake. Um, And there are different ways of being sustainable. Uh, Lexus Swim, our material is actually biodegradable, which I think kind of freaks people out. They think, oh no, my suit's going to fall apart on me, (laughs) but it actually will not. Um, we chose this biodegradable material because it is like, it is like buttery soft. It is so stretchy. It's not the most used material right now for sustainable swim, but it just, it has like, it feels so rich and buttery and luxurious, which, you know, also contributes to the high price point, but it has the capability to break down, um, over time in a landfill setting. So with certain factors present or lacking, it will break down in like three to five years or more. Um, And I just felt like that was really important, Mm -hmm. you know, not to, not to make things worse for future generations. Um, I really love how this material feels and it's also, so one of the things that we do at Lexus swim um, that makes us a little unique is our, hand illustrated prints. Um, I'm actually an illustrator and a watercolor artist. And so our prints are all original, um, hand painted or hand illustrated by myself. And so when you print on this material, you can digitally print, which, you know, saves energy by, you know, digitally printing. And then we use recycled water during the process. 
but it also prints really beautifully and we can still get really vibrant, bold colors and really great prints. It's like a really nice way of incorporating something a little unique and artistic into a sustainable material. Yeah, um, I, I completely agree with you. And the prints are just so, so beautiful. And it's very evident that a lot of time has been taken to make the prints unique. And it makes sense now, I'm learning this too, that you're doing this by hand. There are so many mass produced and, um, you know, cookie cutter patterns that are out there. But it's these custom, and this is why this is such a couture conversation, because <laughs> it's these custom pieces um, that are that of course are reflected in the price point, but it's the material, it's everything that goes into it. So whenever you see a garment that is priced at a higher price point, we have to ask ourselves, is the material luxurious? Is the pattern beautiful? And what goes into it, the manufacturing, the development, the digital printing, the vibrancy of the fabric, and then taking it a step further, you know, how is this positively impacting this world that we live in? Is it something that, you know, is going to pollute the world? Or is it something that when we really think about it, I mean, my swimsuits don't last longer than they're not the non-sustainable ones. They typically don't last longer than a season or two anyways. It's just because swimwear in general is you're you're using it in a very um, intense areas and in, in intense climates. Salt water is not exactly kind on any fabric, and um, either is you know either are pools with the chemicals that we have to have in order for you know bacteria not to form in these in ground or above ground pools, and so. It's admirable that you're thinking about this ahead of time. And I think that it's important for people to understand what a biodegradable means in regards to um, fabric, because it doesn't mean your bathing suit's going to like, you know, uh, disintegrate on you whatsoever. No, that's not the case. Actually, interestingly enough, my uh, sister-in-law took her kids to this um, swim park here in Dallas, Texas, and the chlorine levels were so high that the chlorine actually disintegrated her swimsuit that she got. I know. I know. And it was not sustainable. It was not a sustainable swimsuit. So it's actually interesting to me because when you're thinking about a brand and you're thinking about the price point, you're thinking about everything that goes into it, it's having that vision of when you close your eyes and you say to yourself, this is what I envision for everything. And it's circling back to being just motivated enough to execute it. Oh my gosh. I absolutely love, love, love all of these takeaways that you have bestowed on us today, Alexa. Seriously, it's been absolutely amazing. Um, I would love for you to share with everyone where they can find you, um, you know, your website and um, just staying in touch to watch your brand flourish. Oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you. Um, you can check us out at lexaswim.com. That's L-E-X-A-S-W-I-M.com. And you can check us out on social media. Our Instagram is also at lexaswim. So we appreciate you inviting us here today. This is so lovely to chat with you. Absolutely. I'm excited for this episode to drop and, um, 
share with everyone because it's exciting when you find a young brand, one that's making differences, not just in the environment, but also, you know, showcasing real women in real swimsuits with their real bodies. It's, it's very, it's very empowering as a woman to feel comfortable in our own skin when we're half naked on the beach. <laughs> so, Thank so you. it's, I- wonderful yeah well alexa thank you so much for your time and i will see and hear all of you guys soon thank you so much for listening thank you